0: You're listening to Data Plus Love. I'm your host, Zach Bowders, and this week I have with me Autumn Batani. Autumn, you probably know from her prolific last year on Tableau Public with her first viz in November 2019, and 42 in total across the entire year up until this point. She's a consultant at Tessellation, and I'm saying she's on the fast track to ambassadorship, but that's just me. Autumn, how are you tonight?
1: Busy. Christmas shopping. Had the happy hour, but... Uh, nice change of pace because we've been in quarantine for 73 years at this point, and it's nice having things to do, I guess, so I, I'm, I'm just going to be appreciative for that.
0: I definitely get that. Um, quarantine hit right in the you know spring semester, and my oldest daughter is was eight at the time. She's nine now. And somehow she had weaseled her way into signing up for four different after-school activities, which meant that like four days out of the week, um, I was going to be picking her up late in addition to picking up her sister who goes to a different school so like my my afternoons are going to be like two plus hours of driving around and i was just regret so if like any goodness came out of like covid time it was that i didn't have to do any of that so i uh, i'm not getting a father of the year award for that but i definitely got out of a lot of miserable driving
1: Maybe that's also what contributed to you winning that coffee or Coke award. You're just, you were so, so used to doing all of those things. And then you had so much extra time in the past few months. You're like, yeah, I'm going to crank out everything that I can even think of.
0: Well, it all comes down to inspiration. And when you're like locked up, I guess your, your mind is, is searching for something to do. And uh, the, I only work when I have inspiration. So there are times like now where I haven't put out a viz in a few weeks and I, I start to get the itch like I should be doing something, but I don't really have a uh, topic on my mind. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely have this freak out. I saw this. Um, I'm reading this graphic novel right now by New York Times bestseller, Jean liang Jean Yang, uh, who wrote this book called Dragon Hoops. He's a uh, teacher at a high school. And he wrote this book about his school's basketball team because they were um, had some of the best players in the country at the time, and were going to be going to state. And he knew nothing about sports at all; like he had no interest in it. And as he uh, sort of learned about what was going on in school, he became more interested in the story. And um, as I'm saying this, I'm realizing I don't remember the point of where I was going with this. Aha! Okay, he had put out a previous work, and he realized after he put it out, he had no new ideas and just felt totally spent and like a fraud that's how I feel after every single thing I put out. Like there's a brief moment of like satisfaction, like, ah, that thing's done. I'm happy with that. And then like a period of, wow, I'm never going to have another good idea again in my life. And then I look back at the thing I put out six months later. I'm like, oh, I don't love that thing that much now. So yeah, it's, it's this, it's disgusting uh, self-loathing creative cycle. What's your creative process like?
1: definitely not that. I I still love everything that I've made except for one, but we don't we don't talk about that one. Um and it's funny because my relationship with my old visits is the same thing that I tell people about tattoos. So many people are worried about getting tattoos. They're like, "What if I hate it when I'm older?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, if it brought you happiness at the time that you got it, shouldn't that give you just that little piece of satisfaction?" Maybe 60-year-old Zach doesn't like that tattoo anymore, but he should think about how that just made 24 year old Zach so happy in the moment. And he was so proud of it. And I think that about my visits as well, you know, there are things that I would definitely change about probably two thirds of them. But then I think about my journey and, and my growth. And I think, well, at the time that was the best I could do. And at the time I was really proud of it. And at the time I felt inspired and I am just you know, grateful that I, I I published it, and then I can have that as sort of a little time capsule piece. And I am also grateful that I I would change things because I think that's a good sign. I think if you look at your entire portfolio and you think, nope, perfect the way it is, you probably aren't 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 growing. And and maybe people are it at a point in their journey where they aren't. But I definitely still have a lot to learn. So uh, I appreciate my old visits. as far as my creative process. Uh, TikTok, for some reason, is the thing where I get the most ideas from. And it's probably because it's the most random platform in the world. I I get farm animals on there and then people cooking and then people talking about politics. And it's just, it's so, so much exposure. So that definitely has been um, the inspiration behind a couple of my visits.
0: That's really cool. I mean, I don't get TikTok. Like I've watched a handful of videos here and there and it like more than anything, it makes me feel uh, old, like, oh, I still so don't get this. But not in a way that like a quibby, where like, I don't get this. Like, I don't know why you did this. But like, I don't get this. And like, there's a joke here I'm not getting. That's okay. It's not for me. And that's like sort of a uh, part of my maturing process is like, everything's not for me. Like, uh, if I felt like everything was supposed to be for me, I would like, be angry that the new Star Wars movies, in my opinion, weren't that great. But in reality, I'm like, they're not for me. Like, that's fine. Like I had my Star Wars movies. I'm good. I'm I'm cool. But yeah, I definitely appreciate your perspective on on your sort of growth path and your portfolio. Um, I am a buyer's remorse person. So my manager is Justin Davis, who you might know from the Tableau community also. And uh, he and I were talking earlier today how we are. Um, We've had some early adoptions in our lives that are regrettable, both of us being a uh, Let's see. Barnes and Noble book purchase uh, Nook purchasers, which was their version of the Kindle, and also the Sega Dreamcast, which is probably one of the worst consoles of all time, with a handful of decent games. But yeah, it's like that's um, that's my uh, my thing in life. I am a buyer's remorse person, so when I uh, when I make or do or buy something there's a big weight for that downstream, which is why I don't have any tattoos because I've thought about it. It's like, there's nothing I really want so much that I'm still going to want it on my body in like 20 more years, much less 50, 50 might be optimal, But um, yeah, uh, but I definitely appreciate your perspective. And I think that's, you know, in some ways a healthier view, but it's certainly a different perspective and the one that I wouldn't have thought of uh, on my own. So yeah, that's a very cool way of looking at it. You've got these this real sense of progression that you experience and you can feel the satisfaction of the growth, which for me, it's I look at it and it's like, oh boy, so many mistakes. Like, I wish I hadn't done it that way. But if I hadn't done that in the first place, I wouldn't have the better ones later to show for.
1: No, that's definitely definitely how I feel about songs too. Uh, Speaking of Justin, I'm actually, my next viz is, I'm not dedicated to him, but inspired by him. He made, did you see his... 100 favorite albums, I think it was called. Yeah. I'm doing a version of that. Not going to be albums. Uh, it's just going to be songs. And I started with albums and it felt so inauthentic to my experience with music. I love music. But at the same time, I had my first iPod shuffle uh, at the age of 10. And then by the time I was in middle school, LimeWire was a thing. So I've just, I've, I've grown up with streaming for the most part, and I just don't really have the experience of having an attachment to albums. Um, I never, you know, went to record stores and, you know, went to the section of the music that I liked and and picked out an entire album. So it just didn't seem seem right for me. I would look at albums that have my favorite songs, songs that I've loved for over a decade, and look at the other songs and think, I don't know if I've ever heard that once. Uh, so I'm going to make a version. It's going to be more. Sh- streaming, song-based focused, uh, then albums focused, but I'm excited about it. I think a lot of the things I post, uh, lately are, are really personal. They're about the things that I love to do or the things I'm passionate about and, and music, something I'm passionate about. So I'm excited about this one. Should I put it out sometime soon? Maybe hopefully I get it done.
0: I think that uh, going personal is one of the best things you can do with your visualizations. Um, both going personal and the opposite of that, uh, which is holding up a mirror to the audience and making the viz about them and making it something where it's interactive, where they see themselves the data. Both of those are just really great angles to take in presenting data, often which uh, we don't get to do as much at work. you know, That often comes down to the level of interactivity you put into it, allowing your audience to play with the data. But yeah, I think that's that's definitely worth doing, and it's your personality shines through in your work um, because many of your projects are very personal, like the products I love for people uh, you love. Uh, see, you find out about the fam, which is one of those is about you and talking about other people, and one is about talking about other people in the Tableau Data Fam. Also, I have really appreciated that you've uh, embraced mobile format quite a bit in many of your projects, like find out about the fam. Um, what sort of has driven you to mobile? Is this something you've been practicing out of curiosity? Is it something that you're sort of practicing for work on the side? Is it an experiment? What's up?
1: Zach, I'm so glad you asked. I didn't know you could turn off the mobile layout. I didn't know that was an option. So I would make visits and I'd post them, and then I'd open them on my phone and realize they looked terrible. And I'd think, oh no, I need to go make a mobile specific vis. So there's a good chunk of like eight visits that all have specific mobile visits to them, separate from the desktop version, because I did not know you could delete it. And I didn't want it to be ugly if people opened it from their phone on Twitter and And i it's I mean a blessing because I feel like I'm a lot more comfortable with mobile now, and i I don't mind easily throwing um uh, mobile visas onto some of these things. so the the tableau guide that I made, um someone had asked you know, hey, you know, I think this would be great if it were mobile, and I was already comfortable with the process i I have already thought through how layouts need to change and interactivity needs to change when moving to mobile. Um, So it's been it's been a blessing in that sense. But yeah, it was an entire it was a complete accident. I didn't know there was a delete layout option. I thought you were stuck with it.
0: Yeah, I was listening to Mark's podcast, which piggybacks on the feed uh, with this podcast, the Data Fam News. And on the uh, Christmas wish list, I think people had for um, Tableau changes. One of them was disable the mobile native uh, sort of layout. Because it went, went, that popped up one day for people and it wasn't previously there. And if you weren't paying close attention, you know, you have this alternate viewpoint that a lot of people are probably going to click your viz on their phone when they're scrolling through their Twitter feed or whatever. And it's going to look crazy. It's just going to look like garbage most of the time if you haven't sort of been intentional about your layout. I mean, particularly the kind of visas that people like to make for personal projects, there is a ton of floating stuff and, you know, clip art and, you know, very extensive formatting that's gone into creating a very sort of um, ma- like, I was gonna say manicured, very intentional experience. And uh, when you leave that in the hands of the mobile formatting without you intervening on its behalf, like God knows what you're going to get. It's just gonna do its own thing.
1: If I could add something to the mobile wish list specifically. It's the fact that you can't put sheets on there that aren't on the desktop version, unless that's changed. I don't know. I haven't explored the wonders of 20, 20.4 that everyone's been talking about, but there's there's such a difference in, in land, like I said, landscape and interactivity from desktop to mobile that I do end up making, not custom views, but just altering them a little bit. And then I'm just hiding them behind titles and other floating containers so people can't get to them just so I can have them on the mobile one. Uh, so add that. Whoever is listening, Tableau, hello, thank you. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, welcome to Data Plus Love. Please add that to some future uh, enhancement.
0: Well said. I can I, I need to hire you as like a spokeswoman. You can you can be like the PR rep for uh, getting change out there. But yeah, it's like everyone's got their little nitpicks about uh, Tableau. That for me, uh, one of the ones was always font first. That when you're selecting font from the drop down, the drop down doesn't show it in that particular font. So that's one thing. The second is uh, just the sheer number of the fonts that aren't going to work correctly once you publish them. Like there's about 15 maybe, most of which are the Tableau named fonts that look exactly the same. But I think uh, everything else kind of reverts to like tableau medium or something. Once you publish it, I actually made a guide for myself once and put it out just because like, Hey, look, this is what everything looks like normally. And then this is what it looks like here. So just don't use those other things. But in the time, since I've done that so many people you included, and I think Judith Becker has been one of the sort of pioneers in this have been like importing so much of their own text in, you know, a sort of graphical format, um, to sort of overcome some of the limitations of Tableau's native uh, text stuff. What are sort of your inspirations in terms of your text and layouts? Because one of the things I notice is you're very good with topography, like not topography, typology. Yeah, that word.
1: Um, I'm not sure what that word is, but thank you. Uh, a lot of my visits go through several, several, several makeovers. And, I'm, and I try to be transparent about that. on on Twitter because I know what it's like to look at other people's visits and think, wow, just like brain explosion of art and beauty and and appreciation and feel a little bit intimidated. So I try to show some of the the uglier versions of my visits before they got to where they are. Um, I think one thing that's really impacted my design this year has been looking at design principles that aren't necessarily graphic design related. So I watched a video about interior design and it actually, it completely changed my movie guide fizz that I made for uh, a couple Iron Quests back entirely. And it was so much better after. So I think realizing that art um, and type and things like that and layouts and colors, you can get inspo from that from a lot of different places. It doesn't just have to go specifically tableau related, dashboard related, graphic design related. Uh, I watch a lot of fashion Again, TikToks and things like that and and hearing the way people talk about how they put things together uh, and trying to integrate that. with The way I work in Tableau, I think, has really changed some of my, my visits.
0: So I know you do graphic art on the side. You've been working on your digital art with a lot of your Disney drawings that we were doing, I think, over the summer into the fall. Um, do you incorporate much of your art into your vises? Like, for example, you have a vis caffeine levels per a serving, spilling the beans, which is like a little coffee house thing with a cup spilling over and various representation of sort of cup sizes. Was that something where you did some of those illustrations yourself or, or any of your other vises places where you've incorporated some of your sort of own drawings into the process?
1: Hmm. Yes and no. So for my vises, I make it all in Illustrator and I do create, but everything in all my vises is handy. Handmade by me. So in that caffeine viz, every cup, every glass, the coffee spill, all of that, I created in Illustrator myself. Um, it's not necessarily drawing and and it renders better, I think, on on computer screens, which is why I go that route. So all handmade by me, not necessarily drawn, but yeah, everything, um, everything on there I I I make on my own. In my Shits Creek viz, I drew both the Rosebud Motel and every single character for it.
0: That's pretty remarkable. I mean, your artistic skill, both in terms of what you're bringing to the table in, you know, either your illustrations or your renderings, but also your thoughts in terms of color and layout. So you're blending multiple disciplines in terms of both data, legibility and storytelling, but also just uh, flair and you know, capability. I mean, I, I'm looking at your, your caffeine viz and it's really well done. I don't mean that as a data viz. I mean that as sort of a graphic art piece. So the fact that you're sort of bringing multiple skills to the table, I think is uh, something that a lot of people don't have necessarily in terms of skill set. which is one of the interesting things you see about the Tableau community. There are people that came from all sorts of disciplines. You have people like uh, Klaus, who is an accountant, you know, You have people like my buddy, David Kelly, who was a French major. Uh, you know, you have people that came from all sorts of different backgrounds and are now using the same tool, but aren't necessarily using it in the same ways or for the same purposes, both either professionally or personally. And your own voice comes through in your storytelling. And I think that's one of the really interesting things about your work.
1: Uh, I definitely try to make it unique and and I try to make it fun too. Um, Definitely doesn't look like what my professional work looks like. And and that's intentional because I, I make tables and, and things like that with no background and no color uh, all the time uh, for work. So when I can throw a little color, do a little splash, I definitely want to. I want it to be intriguing. And I, I definitely feel like it's helped me create sort of my own voice in the community. Um, I think when I first started out, probably early... Late spring, early summer. That's when I really uh, started talking to the community and learning more from them, and then posting things publicly. I think I was trying really hard to do what other people were doing that was successful, and it did not work at all. I was trying to shove a square peg in a round hole. It just it it really wasn't. I, I didn't feel good about it. I don't think it was working as far as like me making friends, and, and eventually it was just like you know if you're gonna if you're gonna do it do it the way you want to even if no one likes it if you like it that's what matters and i give that advice to people too who say they they don't feel inspired or they're having a hard time getting started with things and i think it's really because there's this internal pressure i don't think the community is necessarily putting this this pressure on people but to do your best and and to do almost the best when that's that's not necessarily realistic or or even a healthy goal and people get away from why they started or what they love about it uh, when they have those goals so I really was just like you know, do what you want to do. <laughs> if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And I, I mean, I'm happy. I'm happy with the way things have happened in in just the past year. The fact that I posted my first fizz on Tableau Public only a year ago seems crazy to me.
0: I agree. Uh, for one thing, it seems like you've been around forever in terms of me seeing your work and sort of interacting with you. But also in terms of the maturity I've seen in your work over the past year, both from when you first started up until now, you weren't kidding about progression. Um, But yeah, I I so relate to your experience with that in terms of inspiration and feeling your place in the community and everything, because uh, I discovered the Tableau community accidentally. I didn't even know Tableau Public existed. I had created an M. Night Shyamalan viz uh, because I was curious at work and wanted to do something that wasn't like my work, but had no place to put it. And then I discovered public accidentally, and I put it out there, and uh, I started seeing exercises like Make Every Monday, and I participated in those quite a bit. Um, but I started to find that working with other people's data sets on topics I wasn't necessarily interested in, I made stuff I wasn't necessarily interested in. And I felt bored with my, you know, my passion projects, and I got hacky in some of the ways I tried to make myself interested in them. And uh, which are the visas I'm, I'm embarrassed about, not visas where I, you know, sort of created something straight up, but where I like clearly I'm not interested in this topic. So I tried to make this viz interesting and it looks bad. So ultimately, I just decided, hey, I'm just going to do visas about topics that I would like to do. And in some cases, I'm going to have to find the data myself or even capture the data myself in order to make it. And uh, I ended up creating projects I was much more interested in doing, and uh, other people were interested in them too, because I think they could see I, I you know, went the extra mile in uh, putting them together. Not necessarily I'm doing work no one else could do. I mean, I, I've always said most of my Tableau public portfolio are just standard charts, maybe with a little bit of flair, which is one of the things that I try to tell people like, look, I'm not doing anything anyone else can't do. Like for real, like I I am not a calculation master. I'm not throwing trigonometry on there. I'm not even uh, creating art for my own projects like you are. But, uh, you know, maybe I just have a unique perspective on a topic or I'm hitting a topic that no one else thought of doing at the time. And sometimes that's enough.
1: That resonates so much with me because I think I have a similar approach. and, And one of the reasons I was so interested in Tableau in the first place, picked it up, was I really just wanted to democratize the data that I was working with. Uh, at work, I, I had so many stakeholders who weren't data people and at the end of the day didn't really care about the data. I mean, they needed it. They needed it to make their business decisions, but it didn't matter to them. And so when I saw some of the things that had been made with Tableau, I'm like, I think this can help bridge that gap. And that is what made me passionate about it. And I think that's what keeps me making simple visits. Other than the fact that I don't know how to make complicated visits, but that's beside the point. One of the reasons I keep making simple visits is because I want people to understand them. I mean, my mom visit, visits my Tableau public page all the time on her own, and I want her to be able to open any of them and understand what they are and know how to read them and, and feel like she can get something from them. And, and for anyone, and I want people who are new to the community to look at them and be like, you know what? I want to try that because I feel like I can do it. Uh, So I'm going to keep doing the simple ones also because I'm not a calculation master. Um, I, I, I used to think I was good at math. I maybe not so much anymore, Uh, but I think creativity is sort of, sort of my lane. And I just try to use that to help bring what might not be interesting in a spreadsheet um, and make it interesting to people.
0: I really commend your approach with your mom. By the way, uh, Shannon is like my spirit animal. Like I love her with her 30 foot Santa in your yard and the stories you tell about her, she's spectacular. I want to have her on. So just let her, you know, let her know the the invites out there. But um, yeah, it's, there is nothing uh, more satisfying for me with the public work than when like a civilian finds it interesting. So, like if my wife sees one of my visas, and I've said before she's only ever cared about like two of my visas, but like if she sees one of them, it's like, oh, look at this, that's interesting. I'm like, whoa, I've got something here. Like that means so much more in many ways than the accolades of many of my colleagues and stuff. You know, people are like, oh, this is really great. Because you know, we're all we're all preaching to the choir in a sense when we put visas out on a uh, you know, data data tableau where we're putting it out there and we know who's going to see it. The same people that are kind of our peers that we might work with or are friends with. It's not too often when our reach extends beyond that. Um, so when someone that you might know, you know, casually, or, you know, someone from uh, work at your old job, that wasn't like a data person might see it on your LinkedIn or something and say, Oh, I didn't know about this. And I learned about it from your visualization. That is just like the best feeling. And it never takes like a, uh, a crazy chart to accomplish that. Right. Like I've done one chord diagram in my entire life. You actually saw it, it as on my CMYK visualization for, uh, iron viz. And uh, it's the one, first time I ever found an application for one of those where I'm like, oh, I should really put in the work to make this chart. All the other times when I could have done something like that, there was probably a simpler chart where I could have accomplished the same effect. And when I have that opportunity, I usually want to go for like clarity. Like, so I'll go for the thing that takes the most load off the viewer. You know, I think you might have seen on Twitter earlier today. Uh, I actually, you know, you posted it. That's right. Talking about circular visas, right? Like radials and uh, how uh, radials are kind of intimidating to create. But also, like, I chimed in, I get them like half the time. Like, I look at it and it's like, I get, oh, this one makes a lot of sense. But a lot of times, like, ooh, so there's multiple layers here and they're connecting. So it's like a cord that's bent around connecting to this thing. I guess if I spent the next 15 minutes poking at this, I'd really understand it but I'm just going to kind of look at it and say that looks really impressive and move on.
1: A hundred percent. That's how I, I see them sometimes. And they're so beautiful. They're stunning. And so I get why people make them. Cause they're a showstopper. They're an easy way to, to get eyes because when you see them, the, the one that was visit the day, I believe yesterday is beautiful. Um, I don't know how to make them. <laughs> I'm not going to learn how to make them. I'm just going to appreciate them from afar you know, it's just like looking at paintings. It's just, I'm not going to dabble in that, but you're beautiful over there. Uh, and and I've only have one viz on my entire public profile where I don't actually know how it was created. And that's the other thing about some of the really complicated ones is people make it really easy. I mean, the Floor Lush Twins, they are great with their their curvy lines and, and the Sankey charts and, and things like that, that it makes it really easy if someone wants to do it. I just cannot post anything to my public if I don't understand every single step, every single piece of it. If I couldn't explain it to a 12-year-old, I just won't do it. And there are so many things where they're really intricate and they require a lot of math and and maybe computer science and things like that, which I I don't understand. I'm, I'm not super well-versed. And so I just don't want to do them because it doesn't feel authentic to what my actual skills are. And I don't want to put them out there. My Your Vote Matters, the turtle shell chart. And yes, I'm going to keep calling it that. That's the only thing where I cannot explain it. And that's because visualizing election data is really difficult when you want to include both the geographic components and the electoral votes and things like that. And I, I just felt in my soul that that was going to be the best way to do it. And I bit my lip and created it, even though I, I could not tell you how it works. I thank the person who made the template. I said, thank you for creating this. It, it allowed me to get out this information that I be important. But besides that, I mean, I could talk anyone through how to make any of my charts. And, and I'm really proud of that, even my mother. And yes, I'm sure she'd be happy to come on here, just so you know, Everyone who's ever met her likes her more than me and completely understandably so. She is the funniest, most generous person in the entire world. Adore her and everyone does. So yes, I I think everyone should meet her except they shouldn't because then they will know I am the least cool Batani.
0: I doubt that. But yeah, I was going to guess that it was your vote matters because I was looking at it. I think it's a Veroni chart and I've always been kind of mystified by those. And also it's one of those charts where it's it's also really cool, but you're looking at it and it's like, okay, so that one's bigger than that one. That one really blows my mind when I look at them, like also trying to interpret them at times. But I think everyone, uh, when you hit a certain threshold, has at least one or two things on their portfolio where they don't quite know how they made it. Like I did a stream graph for um a viz i called the birth of giants which is about the video game industry and it shows sort of the um initiation expansion and contraction of various companies as they sort of enter and leave the marketplace so rather than just doing like a standard area chart it is you know expanding upward and downward at the same time so it's like a you know like a stretchy glob um and it was like a 14-step calculation process. I fou- followed an instruction um, guide by Ludovic. And uh, I'm not kidding when I say it took me about nine times to get it to work. So it was like a viz I kept tinkering with over a couple of months. Like, maybe I'll try that thing again. I tried the instructions again. I'd mess up. I don't know how I messed it up. It was it was like watching like um, DataViz nailed it. It was just ugly. Like, I, I kept coming back. It's like, oh, I'm going to. You know, this time I'm going to pay attention the whole time. It's clearly, you know, I'm clearly messing up a step. No, I just keep doing the same thing over. In fact, I don't even know why it worked the last time I did it. And uh, I don't really plan on doing it again. It was super effective for that viz, but I kind of got it out of my system. You know, like sometimes you, you just want to try an idea. Like I still haven't done a Sankey. Like there was a thing the other year where, um, actually this year where everyone's just doing Sankey's on everything. And oftentimes for stuff where a Sankey doesn't even make sense, like a Sankey's where you're wanting to show like membership between different groups and stuff like that and how they link together. But more often than not, you would see like just a single pinpoint and then Sankey's branching out into a bunch of things. Like, that's just like a less legible bar chart. Like I can do that. Like you wouldn't mess the bar charts. I'll do that all day long. Um, but yeah, it's, it's some. sometimes you're doing it for experimentation. And that's why um, I've advocated not abandonment of Makeover Monday because Makeover Monday is super important and it was super influential to me. But maybe like try those crazy things on something besides one of like the, uh, the public projects where, you know, particularly for stuff like Makeover Monday, they're wanting you to really sort of hone your shops and business sense and put out, more, you know, best in class products. And it might not be the best place for your like, you know, radial bar, Sankey, Veroni chart.
1: I was so appreciative of Makeover Monday when I first got started. That was actually the very first event session that I I went to at TC 19, which was my first, I guess, and only real conference. Um, It was blown away that that was an initiative. And I thought, wow, I need this. I was like, this, this is exactly what I need to grow my skills. So, so really important. Yes. But it's, it's, I think, especially being weekly, I think it's so easy to get away from being mindful about it because you're like, "What can I throw together? What's going to be good?" You know, I only got a couple of days, and and I wanted to really well, <clears throat> which I think is why I've migrated a little bit more to Iron Quest lately, just because the having the month long to think about it and uh, and really choose where I think is going to be the best analysis for the data um, has just been better for where where I'm at now. Because doing it in a week, I was just I think I was making. Not the best choices. I, I just really wanted to get it done and get it out, and and I wanted to, you know, have that that curbside appeal where people are going to see it and think this is good. But I wanted it to actually be good, you know. I don't want them to to come inside the house and everything's falling apart. So um, I loved it, and I think it's great, and it's definitely one of the first things that I recommend to people who are new to the community to just try making things when you don't have to gather the data. It's so much easier just to think about. How am I going to visualize it? Uh what do I what do I know about it? And how do I want to uh, deliver that to the people who are going to see it? Um so really great part of the community. But yeah, I, I moved more towards Iron Quest because I just need the time. When I don't when I only have a week, I just am not making good choices and I've just learned that about myself.
0: Yeah, for me, um, my stuff is I have definitely trended more towards like the single page quick hit approach where I might do one or two chart stops. And that's just sort of become my preferred style. So when I did uh, Iron Fizz for the first time this year, I put in like 35 hours on that thing, which is more than I put on anything that wasn't like a work project, right? So that particularly doing that all in like a month, and I think I did mine in two weeks and turned it in early was um, just a staggering amount of work for something that was a personal project. So I always admire when I see people doing Iron Iron Quest on a regular basis, just because I know Iron Quest is sort of a step above and beyond your standard. You're putting in the extra for that extra little polish, and you're really wanting to tell a story that matters to you and have some visual elements that snap. And that's just, you know, an extra amount of uh, just labor, concentration and planning uh, beyond your normal visits. Um, I wanted to ask you, so your your um, featured viz in your Tableau public portfolio is your uh, declassified Tableau survival guide. How did this come about? And like, what's your hopes for the survival guide?
1: When I first started with the community, I, I was learning things sort of piecemeal. So Makeover Monday was my first sort of introduction into community initiatives. And then I felt very overwhelmed, to be honest, and in the best way. I mean, there's so many great resources out there. People are gre- creating great things every day which is why recently I'd asked uh, you know if anyone had any any new things to include because I wanted to be updated but um, not only was I feeling overwhelmed but I also felt like I was losing track I couldn't remember what any of the URLs were and and I was searching for things and I just knew that that was probably something other people were dealing with and I think one of the hardest parts about being in the community is is being vulnerable because there's so many rock stars. Um, and, and despite the fact that people are really supportive and really encouraging, it's hard to say, Hey, like I'm confused. I'm lost. I need help in in any sense, but definitely in a place where there's so many talented people. Um, so when I was feeling a little bit, just, just overwhelmed with the, the amount of things out there that I could do or, or, could learn from. Um, I work best with lists. I'm an extremely organized person. And I thought, I just need to put this all together, write it all down. and to get it all in one place. And then I want to share that with other people. And I think it's great for people who are new. And I think it's great for people who are in the community. I mean, a lot of us are, are really busy people uh, with our jobs and with our families, and especially during COVID, that it's it's really easy for things to slip through the cracks or to forget about them. So I, I hope that people find it helpful I hope that people use it I hope that I can keep it updated because I I like it I go to it all the time and that's when I really became proud of it because I'm like I know this is good I'm revisiting it and a lot of my things I I probably wouldn't go back and open again um so yeah I I hope people like it and one thing that did also uh was a moment of pride my college advisor reached out to me on LinkedIn because I posted it there and she goes I have a lot of students who are trying to learn Tableau. She's like, this is fantastic. Do you mind if I post it on our school board? And I was like, yes, absolutely. That would be so wonderful. And she's like, you know, I'm so proud of you. And and you seem like you're in a good place and like you're working hard. And she's like, I always knew you you would end up doing well. And I was just like, yes, it was just, I mean, like you said, when a random, she's not random, when a (laughs) civilian uh, finds your stuff impactful, it just, it, it really... It's different. So, you know, I, I'm proud of it and I hope other people like it and, and use it. And if not, I'm still going to use it because I can't keep track of anything.
0: I can't think of a better way than that to wrap up uh, this episode. I really appreciate you coming on. Is there anyone you'd like to shout out or anything you'd like to promote before we finish up today?
1: Oh, yes. Um, I'd like to thank the Academy and no, uh, my mother and my friends. When I first got started in Tableau heavily this this summer... They don't care. I mean, they don't care about Tableau with me removed. And they would always go look at my visits. They would always give me great feedback. My mom's my number one beta tester. She, I, I just, I'll send her things. I'm like, can you please click everything twice and just let me know if it works? Um, so them, and then I think off of that. I, If I had to give a piece of advice to new people in the community, not that anyone's asking, but if you're listening, here it is anyways, find people who support you, uh, whether it's your family or your friends or a mentor in the community uh, or another new person in the community, because there are great resources, there are endless ways to learn, but keeping up the morale and the motivation and Uh, Getting that validation of someone saying, you know, great job, or I liked this, or I'm proud of you, is really what keeps you going. I mean, you can learn infinitely if you have support. So if you don't have someone you feel like you can lean on, go find someone. If you don't know who, my Twitter DMs are open. I love talking to people, despite the fact I'm an introvert. One-on-one conversations really work for me, though. So I am here for you, whoever you are listening to this. You could be a Zen master. I support you, and I will be your motivation if you need it.
0: I love it. I second that message me too. And with that, thanks for coming on autumn. Data plus love is recorded and produced by Zach Bowders. Our music track is we are legends by Alex Stoner. Hey, you're still here. Um, You're probably waiting for like the next podcast uh, to kick in. Probably something better. Um, Thanks for hanging on. Anyway, if you're picking up what we're putting down, uh, consider buying us a cup of coffee on ko-fi.com slash D-A-T-A-P-L-U-S-L-O-V-E. Hey, thanks for sticking around to the end. I really appreciate you listening to the Data Plus Love podcast. If you'd like to see more about what we're up to with the show, go to anchor.fm slash data plus love. Just spell it out, not a literal plus sign. Here you'll be able to see our library of episodes as well as interact with them either through polls or comments or leave a voicemail message that I'll put on an episode. You can interact with me personally by joining me on Twitter. I'm at Zach Bowders, not hard to hunt down. And if you like what you're hearing, consider leaving a tip for us or signing up for a small monthly donation at our ko-fi.com slash data plus love. Buying a cup of coffee for the show is just $3. And get more if you choose, or sign up to give that $3 or more monthly. Either way, I really appreciate it. Lastly, if you'd like to see more of my public data viz work, check me out on Tableau Public. So go to public.tableau.com and search for Zach Bowders. I'm the only one. You won't have trouble finding me. I promise. So thanks again for hanging on to the end of the show. I really appreciate all of your listens. And until next time, this has been Zach Bowders for the Data Plus Love Network.